You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Test one, two. J-Lo Mike in the building. <laughs> you know, I love Joe so much. He hosts, he hosts the presence of God, so that's going to be a problem. I don't want to be banging around. Um, he hosts the presence so well. And here at Revive, we love to cultivate just a culture of host. We want to be people who host the presence of God well. And the interesting thing about that statement is um, what hosting the presence well um, looks like to the Father um, looks, can look a little bit like chaos to the rest of the world. Because <laughs> when we think of, you know, we need to host people well, we need to um, be um, proper and we need to be focused and we need to you know get the information out there which is all good and grand but really hosting the presence well looks like whatever it looks like whatever it costs me I will submit my heart in obedience and surrender to what the spirit of God wants to do in me and so sometimes people who are hosting who are so pleasing and delightful to the Lord make church people really mad it makes them very uncomfortable. You know, the Holy Spirit, they call him a comforter, but it doesn't say that he's going to make you comfortable. Because for the most part, when the Holy Spirit comes and rests on us like we ask him to, people get real uncomfortable. I think that's why... Oh, we're just going to take these off even though they're cute. Yeah, it was when the, the Holy Spirit's in the room. I think that's why he is the comforter. To so be like, it's all good. I know what I'm up to. <laughs> Let your mind get a little bit offended so that your heart can be revealed, the true nature of who I am. Because I want to do something inside of you. So, you know, this morning, if you, if you hear people getting touched by Jesus, blessed by Jesus, the Spirit of God. They're, they're just saying, I surrender. Yeah. Most of the time, those same people, we don't have the answers of what God's doing in us. We just know he's doing something. Yeah. And we're obedient and surrender. Yeah. So take a moment and check your heart before you judge somebody because every way that God moves is beautiful. Yeah. If he's choosing to do it, it's beautiful. And we need to be obedient to, his, to what he's doing. So, you know, something about being pregnant with revelation. <laughs> it's a lot like being pregnant in the natural. Something starts happening to your body as you grow. And just things get a little strange. Um, your body just kind of you got to come up with a new routine of how to live day to day. 
You have to set new priorities for your life because your body is just not going to do the things that it did in the season before that. Your body is just not going to allow you. You may think in your mind you can, but your body is going to show you that you have to set up new priorities. You have to set up a new agenda for your day-to-day, your moment-to-moment. Because there's going to be some things you could do in last season to this season you just ain't going to do, honey. (laughs) And that's much like being pregnant with revelation. When God is growing us in revelation, when he's growing us, how many feel like they're in a season of refinement since 2020 hit? We've been in this, I feel like I've been in this season of refinement. The beautiful thing about the refining fires of the Lord is, sometimes I feel like people have this idea in their head that God's like this this hungry baker outside of the oven. He's like, I'm going to put these cookies in, I'm going to let them burn. And they're going to taste even better, you know? And he's just like outside, like, burn them up, you know? (laughs) But imagine this, if you will. He's a loving father. Because that used to really get to me. People be like, burn me, God. Twist me. Smash me. (laughs) And those worship songs, it's like, just burn me up. (laughs) And it's like, that's weird. Um... (laughs) But what the Holy Spirit has showed me is that um, we were actually designed to live in the fire. We were actually created to be right in the middle of the fires of his love. And everything else that we were never designed to operate in, to have attached to our lives, to participate in, to call our own, everything that was never meant for us, cannot withstand the fires of his love. And so when we're, we are centered in the middle of the fires of his love, the only things that should be burning up is things we were never meant to be. He's not putting us in there and burning us up. We were actually made for the fire. We were actually designed to not just live inside of it, but actually to be fire starters and welcome people into their original design. Come get in the fire. It's what you were made for. But, but, but what happens is it can hurt to be in the refining fires because we've become so conditioned and comfortable and content with things of this world, which I call hell stuff. But, you know, we like to church it up and spiritualize it. It's a gray area. This is just something that's, you know, I can do this. Listen, I don't want to go to heaven, be face-to-face with my maker and have any gray areas. I do believe there's gray areas, and I don't think that's going to send me to hell for certain things that maybe some, you know, streams believe will send you to hell. But I don't want to go face-to-face with my maker and be like, ah, yeah, here's all my gray areas. (laughs) So when we're in the refining fires of his love, it can hurt, it can pinch, it can burn. When we've become so content with the hell stuff, with stuff that we said, this is mine, and we've become so comfortable, it's become parts of us, and it feels like pieces of us are burning off, but it was actually never meant to be there. So when I step into the refining fires of his love, as he matures me and he grows me, in, 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 as just as a daughter, just as getting comfortable when I'm praying those prayers of God, I never want to leave the fire of your love. I want to stay sustained in it. I want it, to, I want it to be my top priority. I want it to be sacred to me. 
when I feel like some things start to burn a little bit, that's, my, that's not my, oh, I'm getting out of here. This is too much. It's actually my, I'm going deeper. I'm going harder. I'm staying longer because there's something inside of me that I've partnered with that was never for me. And I'm going to die to that thing today. But really, I already died to it, so that thing's going to die. I died because we were not, we're not just present in his life, but we were present in his death and his resurrection. That means all the old things already died. But we've, are, we've been trying to resurrect things that were never meant to be resurrected. We were trying to resurrect these hell things that were never for us. And say, well, this is mine still. And then we're walking around like, well, i got to die to myself every day. You're already dead. Just stop trying to raise things from the dead that isn't for you. Stop trying to bring things with you that never was your baggage in the first place. Stop going to the airport, picking up other people's bags and taking them home with you. <laughs> so the devil's trying to trick us and make all the bags look the same. So like, well, I'll just take them all. I'll take them all home. I don't want to forget anything. Leave those dang bags alone. So in this season of refinement, God, the tone of God's voice is changing. I'm excited this morning, so I'm going to be out of breath. <laughs> Show me some grace. I got a lot on my heart. I got a lot. I got a lot on my heart that um, feels very intense, even though it's, it's made me very tender. And it feels very um, hard, um, but it's made me so softened to the Lord. And so I want to I wanna do this justice and share his heart well. So let's just pray. Jesus, thank you for impregnating me with revelation this morning. And God, would you, would you partner with... God, I want to partner with your revelation this morning. I want to partner with your heart, Jesus. I don't want to ever be removed from within your heart by choice. I want to stay permanently right in the fires of your love. I surrender to your voice, to your call on my life this morning, to all that you have to share. Jesus, let these hearts be open to receive. Would you come and pull down any walls of hesitation to your goodness and who you are and allow people to see you for who you really are, a lover a fighter, a warrior, the lamb and the lion. In Jesus' name. who we were partakers of the whole lamb. We didn't just partake of a little bit of it. We got the whole lamb. And we actually got the lion too. And the teeth. <laughs> so I like to show my teeth a little bit. Can we put our hands on our heart? And will you uh, repeat after me? Well, you, you don't have to repeat after me. Sometimes people say that, and it's like, well, tell me what you're going to say first, and then I'll decide if I want to repeat it. But the people next to you probably will judge you if you don't repeat me. So <laughs> I'm just joking. Let's see this. I am a powerful person. I am not a victim. I am a powerful person. I am a powerful person. I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim. 
all right. That's good to know. That's good to know. It's even better to believe. There's something about believing that changes everything. Our faith has something to do with this gospel. It was by his grace, which was a gift, but our faith partnered with that grace does something. It wasn't until we actually believed on Jesus. It wasn't until we actually believed on the cross that it gave the power of the cross access to do something in me. And that's, that's a biblical principle all the way through. There's so many truths. We got the whole lamb, but it, so much of my life I haven't operated out of that um, idea because I hadn't partnered my faith with it. And so I didn't actually give the full thing access to do something on the inside of me and see that happen on the outside of me. There's a lot of spiritual truths that, that are going around, but, but if I don't partner my faith in, in the spiritual truth, I'll never see it happen in my natural. Jesus, you know, every time somebody gets saved, he doesn't go back and die on the cross again and give that person the fullness of that moment. He died once for some, all. He died once for all. And so in that moment, he did. He said, it is finished. He did everything that he'll ever need to do to give us everything we ever need to be all he made us to be. But our faith has something to do with it. What we believe on, not just what we declare and decree and pray and read, what we actually partner. And I love how, how Tony says... Um, if we actually believe it, we'll actually do it. The things we believe, we act on and we do. If I believe the chair is going to catch me, I'm going to sit down in it. If I don't, I'm going to sit in a different chair. And I can sit in the other chair and say, well, that, that chair's good. That chair will fit you. It will not break. I, I believe that, but I'm going to sit on this chair over here. I totally believe it. But you try out the chair. <laughs> you try it out first. Maybe I'll just put half a cheek on. <laughs> just test out. See if it can handle it. You see, we, we can do that in, in, in our walks with the Lord as we're growing. And it's a part of the journey. Um, but it's time for, it's time to, to, to grow. It's time to test and see that he's good. Yeah. It's time to get in the water, not just look at the water and pray about the water, not just sing songs about the water, but actually I'm going to go in the water and, and not just put my toes in, but I'm going to submerge myself in all that he's doing. If we believe that it's good, we'll be all in about it. If we believe that it's good, we'll be all in. There's so much of this, yeah, well, yeah, you see that in the Bible, but, yeah, the Bible says that was for me too, but... 
We have all of our justifications for why we don't have to be the ones to participate in that. I remember when I first started really um, allowing my heart just to be open and surrendered and, and started experiencing the move of God, it would manifest physically as some people um, a lot of times feel it as crying. You come into a room, you just feel the love of God and cry. What if they had people come here and be like, I don't know, when I come to the building, I just cry the whole time. I don't know what's going on, but it feels really good. <laughs> it's like I need it. It's just God chooses to move, you know. <laughs> and um, some, you know, I started laughing because there was a season of my life where I needed his joy to be my strength. There was a lot of seasons of sorrow where I needed him to uproot all of that with his joy and show me what strength looked like in the valley. And so I started experiencing joy, and, I, and then I started experiencing, you know, things I couldn't understand and, and shaking and trembling in his presence and laughing and, and all of these things, and it was exciting, it was good, and it was weird. But I knew it was holy, and I knew it was beautiful, because all the ways he chooses to move is good. So I started experiencing all of the, why did I bring that up? <laughs> Why am I talking about that? I got the pregnancy ring. <laughs> There's a reason for this. Hold on, let me let me think. We're getting somewhere. We're going. Why did I start experiencing manifestations? Where was I going with that? They're good. Just let them happen. And maybe we'll find our way back there. I don't know. So... Jesus, help. Let's read the Bible. Ephesians 2.8, NLT. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Can't take credit for that grace. It's a free gift. But it was when we believed that it made a difference. It was when we believed that it did something inside of us. So for a long portion of my life, I, I, knew, I knew the Bible. I knew that it was good. I knew that it was true. But there were portions of it that I didn't actually partner my faith with. And so I wasn't seeing that actually manifest in my reality. And, you know, we know that... When he died, he died once for all, and he actually, there's so many people who are just waiting to get to heaven, like the cross was just the ticket to my way out of this place. And I actually, I don't, I don't ever pray for Jesus to come back. 
Because there's so many people who don't know him yet. I never want to be in a place where I'm like, take me out of this uncomfortable spot and get me to glory. Forget about everybody else. <laughs> you know? Um, I don't, I don't, I, I, I want to see the whole world touched and, and, and encounter the love of God and have the opportunity to choose him because he's so gracious and merciful. He gives us the choice to choose. He gives us the choice not to choose him. But he can't change who he is, who he is in the and because he is love. So he would have came regardless of if anyone would have never chosen. His love doesn't change regardless of how people respond to it. That's a good word to take and to live. Love doesn't change regardless how people respond to it. My love will not be moved regardless how people respond to it. It will not change me and who I am. I will not pull away. I will not retreat. I will not remove myself. I will continue to love and be who he created me to be regardless of if people don't respond well to it or hurt me or, or betray me. Because the outside <clears throat> eyes are not the eyes that I'm locked in with. I'm locked in with his eyes. And he says who I am. And love radiates on the inside of me because it lives in me. And it moves and it breathes. And it's the way that I, it's the reason I have my being. Love lives and reigns here. So I, I, I started to really understand that um, Romans 12.2, the transformation of the mind, really understand that this, is something, this has got something to do with it. This has got something to do with living righteously. This has got something to do with it. And um, so I believe that the cross and his blood, it paid for my wholeness, wholeness of my mind. But he paid for it all. He just didn't pay for a piece of it. A lot of people are like, well, one day, you know, I'm, I'm getting old. Things are happening. You know, that's the way of life. One day I'll be in my glorified body and everything will be good. I'll get there one day. You know, when the prayers aren't working and you aren't getting healed. Well, you know, it's just a part of life. And one day I'll get in that glorified body and then the, then the healing will be there. You know, that glorified body, is he not talking about our spirit? Is that spirit not already in the, inside of us? You know, we're going home to glory. We're going home to be with the Lord. When he comes back, is he not talking about separating our spirit from our body? Do we not already have that inside of us? So something is happening in our thought process, in our belief system, to where we're not giving the spirit of God that's inside of us um, access to, to giving us the wholeness that he paid for on the cross, right here on this side of heaven. Because most of what the cross did was for this side of heaven. And we can focus on the other half when we have so much to do here. The cross actually gave us everything we need to do, to do the whole thing. There's a plan in place. The Bible is a plan in place from beginning to end. We're not at the end, church. We're right in the middle of becoming the bride of Christ. 
And the cross gave us everything we need for it. But if we only believe that the cross is our ticket to heaven and our way out of hell, then we'll never allow the true power of his wholeness to do something inside of us. The cross cross not only gave us peace with God on this side of heaven. He what? Let me hear me. I got scriptures here. He gave us peace on this side of heaven. Hebrews 3.21 in the um, New King James. Now may the God of peace, shalom. You know, oh, there's so much. I'm so excited. Okay. The God of peace, that word shalom. The Hebrew language is so beautiful because it paints such a beautiful picture with one word, because they, it encompasses so many different things. Now, we know that he is our what? Prince of peace. Okay, we see that in Isaiah um, 9, 6 through 7. He, he is the prince of peace, and he's bringing a kingdom of peace. Okay, and so um, he is shalom. Now, what we also know, so he is the shalom. So shalom in itself, the peace of God, is the man peace. Okay, he is present with us, and that's why we feel the feelings of peace because the man peace is present with us. Okay, the word shalom means completeness and wholeness. So, not only is he the prince of wholeness, he's bringing the kingdom of wholeness with him when he walks in the room. And the prince of wholeness lives on the inside of me. So I have wholeness already on the inside of me. His blood paid for that. So why am I not living holy? Listen, holiness is not a curse word. Holiness has become a a curse word in, in a lot of the church streams. And I have been there. Because when you've been in a part of something in religion that uses the word holiness to manipulate a people and keep a people bound in their sin, it becomes like an offensive word. But when, but listen, biblical principles are not what went wrong. It was the, the arrogance of man that took those biblical principles and tried to make something happen when they didn't see the spirit of God doing it for them. And we need to stop trying to make something happen with the truth. And when things aren't happening, step back and say, well, it's not on God's end that this is messing up. Holiness is actually, it is what happens when we keep the covenant of our union with Jesus, number one, and we keep wholeness as sacred. When wholeness is sacred to us, the, the effect of that is holiness in our lives. And as we operate in holiness, it's because the wholeness is getting out. And he lives inside of me, the prince of wholeness. <laughs> you should start looking in the mirror at yourself and saying, not only are you holy, but you're whole. every part my mind my body my spirit is whole because it's one with the prince of wholeness Hebrews 13 21 how may 
Now may the God of peace, shalom, wholeness, the God of wholeness, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will. May the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will. It's working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. And that word there, Jesus Christ, is the anointed one. That, that's one to keep and tuck away. He's made us complete with the cross. He's made us complete, but we want to make excuses and justifications for why we are not operating in wholeness. Why we are not, um, we, why our lives don't look holy. Why we're still in these gray areas and messing around with the hell stuff. And allowing the hell stuff to still have access to our lives. It was never about heaven or hell. It was about being obedient and submitted to love. It was never about whether or not I was afraid to go to hell. It's become about a response to his love. There was a season of my life where I needed to understand his grace in such a radical way. And I took it way, way over in left field where people get crazy about but it was an important season of my life. It's like, it's like um, coming out of religion and then being filled like you've been lied to your whole life because there's this whole other portion of the gospel I didn't even know was possible for me. But it's like a child be, from coming from a bad home, being adopted with, to a good father, and they're going to push the measures of their love to see if they're going to run. And it's like coming into that grace, there was a season where I was pushing the measures of his grace for me. And I wanted to see if he was still going to pursue me. And it was a beautiful time of, of feeling God pursue me and all of that. But that's not what I was designed to live in. I was actually designed to live right in the middle of the fires of his love and every... Um, Everything that his voice has said, be obedient to it. So in this season, so there was this huge portion where I just needed to know the love of the Father and what that sounded like, what it felt like. I needed that, that healing to come to really know that he truly is good and he's for me and he's faithful yeah. and he's with me and he's going to pursue me no matter what. What does it say? Romans 8, 38, I think, where even in the depths of Sheol, he's with me. In the depths of hell, I hung out in some hell stuff for way too long, trying to see if he was there, but he was. And he was still with me. But listen, that's not where I'm called to live. I'm called to higher things. And the conviction of the Lord is not a dirty word either. The conviction of the Lord is sweet. And it's always an invitation into what we were destined and created to be from the beginning. It's a reminder that, honey, you weren't made for this. And that's why it doesn't feel right when you lay down in bed at night. And that's why the justifications don't seem to work anymore. Honey, this isn't what you were made for. Step up higher. That thing that you're hiding in the dark, step up higher it's not for you 
and you can justify it and find five other blogs about how it's okay to do still, but it's not for you. You can listen to the people in this world who will say it's still okay and have all the scriptures to back it up, but your father is sweetly inviting you into the wholeness that I created you for. And so in this season of refinement, the tone of the Father's voice has changed for me. And it's become very stern. It's become very serious. And when you become tender to the heart of God, it becomes easier and easier to say yes, regardless of what he says. It becomes easier and easier to say yes, because I have history that's proved that you're for me. I've had history that proves that you don't want to control me like those other people tried to do. But you're a loving father who knows what's for my good. And I'm not doing that. He showed me the other day because I was feeling real religious and just in this season of just hearing God's voice say, this is not going to be for you in this season. Turn this off. Shut this down. Cancel this. Don't go here. Stay right here. And I was feeling real religious, even embarrassed in my own house with my own people. Like, you know, I don't think I'm going to watch this one anymore with you. And then we're five episodes deep. <laughs> and, you know, just kind of feeling that. Because I've always been the type of person and lived it, okay? There's a difference. This is what I want to get across. There's a difference. Um between, I've always been the person who's like, I will go into the dirtiest, deepest, ugliest places, and I will be loved there, and I will not be moved by the things of this world, and, and it's been true in my life. People who know me know that about me. I'll go to the bars. I'll go to the clubs. I'll go with my family who don't know Jesus, and I'll sit, and I'll be loved to them, and love them well right in their mess, because that's what Holy Spirit did for me, yeah. and I don't care what the outside people, the church people think about me. You know, I'm, I, but I, I'm not participating in the things. You see what I'm saying? I'm just being love and loving people well in their mess and showing them what wholeness looks like. Yeah. And so I've always been like, just go in there and not be affected and not be moved. And I've, and, and I've practiced self-control. It's the fruit of the spirit, right? And so for so much of my life, I've been really good at practicing self-control. And, 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 and that seemed like a fruit in my life, okay? But I allowed that fruit of self-control to keep me from getting what God paid for because we should never have to work to control things. If there's a desire still there, he actually paid for that desire to be gone. Yeah. So for a... For a I've always been that type of person that nothing's going to affect me and the devil's not going to touch me. And it hasn't caused, and that's been true for me, people. Okay? I've been practicing that self-control and, and pride myself in that strength because I know who God is and I love him. Nothing's going to change my mind or sway me about him. So in this season of him saying, not this, not that, don't do this, don't go there, I'm like, this is real, this is, feels real religious. I feel like one of those religious people again, like, I can't, I'm not going to be around that. Don't turn that music off, you know. And it's like, just love people, let them do their thing. But God showed me. He was like, listen, babe, the, the, 
the things, these, these spiritual principles that people use to manipulate, these spiritual principles and truths are good and they're for you. And before you did them out of fear of what would happen if you didn't do them or, or out of duty that you had to do them, And that's what makes it religious. But don't rob yourself of this season of wholeness that I have you in because you're afraid to just respond to my love. Because right now it's impossible for you to do anything religious because you're just responding to your love for me. It's impossible for it to be religious if it's coming motivated from a place of love and just responding to the love of my father. When love moves, I follow it. I go where it goes. I say what it's saying. I do what it's doing. And for right now in this season, it's a season of refinement. It's a season of protect the wholeness that I paid for. How do I protect the wholeness that I paid for? First, it's understanding what wholeness means. Mind, body, spirit. The whole thing, the whole enchilada. He paid for it all. He doesn't just want a bite of the taco. He wants the whole thing. (laughs) So let's talk about the mind real quick. I love talking about the mind. I could preach for an hour about the mind, but we're not going to do that. I'm going to do it very quickly and out of breath. We know Romans 12, 2, be not conformed by this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Listen to this one, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. This is the New King James Version. I love New King James. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. That's a word for this generation. Although we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Mm, Okay. (laughs) The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. There's a lot of people fighting wars that Jesus isn't in. And they're doing it in the name of God. There's a lot of people fighting some fights out there right now. And they're doing it in the name of God. And they're doing it in the name of all of these things that sound really good. But God is not in it. The only debt that, that is owed is our debt of love to love one another. Let no one remain outstanding. It says that in Romans 13, 8. Let no debt remain outstanding besides the debt for you to love one another. Nobody owes me a thing. Nobody owes us a thing. There's people right now fighting flesh and blood when we were never meant to fight each other. We were meant to war and prayer against the enemy. Because we don't fight with the same weapons that the world does. Because we know that these, listen, we need to get, oh gosh. What we want to do is we want to pick up and we want to fight. And and we feel the, the motion and the movement of what's happening in the world. When God is calling us to get in the prayer closet and allow our hearts to be moved in compassions for the one who has wronged us. And say, you don't owe me anything, but I'm going to love you. And allow our compassion to move us to action. But as Jesus did, he walked and allowed his compassion to heal them all. 
So we don't fight with the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I've had people tell me, well, you can't really do that. Think of all the thoughts you have. Listen, we're taking all our thoughts captive and making them captive to something. So it's not taking the thoughts captive that's the issue. It's what we're making it obedient to. We're snatching thoughts out of the air every day. And we're making it obedient to something in our belief system. So really, it's not that we don't have the ability to take our thoughts captive and make it obedience. It's that we just don't have the time and attention. We just don't want to do the work it takes to take it captive and make it obedient to the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ, but are we operating in it? They say that we only use a certain percentage of our brain, like 10% or something. I wonder if the other percent is like where the mind of Christ is. (laughs) You know, that's where all things are possible. (laughs) The other amount is like all the the stuff that God can do. (laughs) I don't know that. Don't quote me on that. But we have the mind of Christ, um, but it's actually, God has given us the ability and the responsibility. If he gives us the responsibility, he's given us the ability. Okay? There's an ability in that word. Responsibility. He's given us the responsibility to take those thoughts and make them obedient to the mind of Christ that we have. So this is, this is the piece. This is the piece of what it looks like to transform our minds. Our thought life, there's so much science behind how our thought life affects our, the health of our whole body because our brain makes our body do everything. Our heart makes our, our, our life and our brain makes our body do everything else. So the health of our brain, the health of... There's a difference between our brain and our mind. And we're finding that our mind actually controls our brain. And it's very biblical. Think on these things. Whatever is good, whatever is noble. He's giving us a plan on how to have practical, healthy living. Mind, body, spirit. This is not just spiritual, mystical stuff that only happens if you can see angels. This is practical living. Fruits of the Spirit are weapons in your warfare. Fruits of the Spirit are weapons. This is a practical, just like a little cocktail of how to get healthy. It starts in our thought life. We want to transform our mind, start taking control of what's happening in it. There are real things going on in, with chemical imbalances. There are real things going on with what we've been born into. But listen, the blood of Jesus paid for those things to be whole and healed. The blood of Jesus was, is bigger than that. Some of us are, just feel like victims to our biology. I was born this way. Tell that to the man who got healed from his deafness because his mother was deaf and his father was deaf and his grandfather was deaf and his grandmother was deaf and he was born deaf because of his biology. But God, 
But we can have faith for a healing of our body, but we don't have faith for the healing of our mind. Because there's a little bit of responsibility that comes with that. Just like with our healings, there's responsibility with our healings. When, as it's freely given, so I freely give. If you got healed, but you refuse to pray for people to get healed, you better check yourself. Freely he gives, so freely give. There's responsibility in the wholeness that he, he gives us and how we can protect it. So we're going to move on from the mind here. Listen, I want everyone to say, I am not a victim to my circumstance. I'm not a victim to my upbringing. I'm not a victim to my biology. My circumstance will become a captive in obedience to the wholeness of Christ that is in me. My upbringing will become a captive in obedience to the wholeness of the Christ that is in me. My body will become a captive in obedience to the wholeness of the Christ that is in me. Hallelujah. Some of us need to really look in the mirror and, and believe that over ourselves. I am not a victim. These things that have told me I am a victim, they will become obedient to the wholeness of Christ that is in me. They will become a captive because that's what the cross paid for. And we are allowing things that the cross already crucified to control us and cause us to be less than what he paid for. When we all, it just starts in the mind, the power of the mind, the transformed mind. When you know, you can't unhear it. When you know, you know. You can be afraid of a dog who doesn't have any teeth because it's never opened his mouth to show you. And you walk by and you tiptoe around the dog. One day he opens his mouth. He don't have no teeth. He's been declawed. You're not going to tiptoe around that dog anymore. You're going to tell that dog to get out of here. We need to tell some dogs to get their toothless mouths out of our mind. I got a few minutes here. I want to go back to this wholeness thing because there's something beautiful about it. There's a revelation about the wholeness of God. He wants to take some of us into this place of embracing his wholeness and letting some things go today. One of my sweet friends, Candace, posted something on Facebook that said, the, the season of fall is about to show us how beautiful it can be to let things go. That's a word for you this morning. It's a beautiful season. Winter is coming, and we need to let some things go or we're not going to grow in the winter time. We've been planted, and wherever we are planted, the Spirit of God is inside us, and we will flourish if we listen to the season that we're in. There, there's some things that we need to let go this morning, and his wholeness is going to come, and ooh, it's going to be good. So not only has Jesus made peace with God, Ephesians 2, 14 through 16, for he himself is our peace, our shalom, our wholeness, our completeness. He, Jesus himself, who has made both one, 
who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two. Those thus making peace, shalom, wholeness, completeness, and that he might reconcile them, restore them back, both to God in body through the Christ the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. We already have peace with God. So if there's a lie that you're partnering with this morning that says you have to earn something, he's already paid for you to be, have peace with God. Yeah. Stop letting that trip you up. Stop letting that keep you from growing. Stop letting that be what's jumbling around your mind during worship. Stop that let being what's jumbling around your mind when you're like, oh, I, I, I can't hear from God today because I, I got to make sure that I make it right with him first. He's already paid for your peace with God. And because of that, that right there on this side of heaven, he's made us complete. That was the union. The peace with God. Boom. The shalom. The wholeness. The completeness came because of Jesus. Not only has he made peace with God, but he is the Prince of Peace. He is Shalom. We see that in Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. It's, I'm, it's long. I'm not going to read it. Um, but it's read it yourself. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7 <clears throat> talks about he is the Prince of Peace. He's bringing a kingdom of peace. That, that the Prince of Wholeness, he's bringing a kingdom of wholeness. Will we allow that access to our lives? He is establishing a kingdom of wholeness inside of his bride. He's not coming back for a, a holy, holy bride, a bride full of holes. He's coming back for a whole bride. And that's not going to happen on the other side of heaven. He's not like, come to heaven and then we'll make a, a, a perfect bride. He's bringing his, his kingdom of wholeness here now to the earth so that the bride can be made whole and ready. But if we allow our justifications of why we are not seeing that in our own lives keep us from doing anything, because if we believe we can't, we will not do it. We will not do it. If we believe we can't, we will not do it. If I believe I cannot be whole, I am not going to do any of the things that protect my wholeness. So I don't believe it's attainable. Isaiah 26, 3 through 4. You keep those in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Keep those in perfect wholeness whose mind is stayed on you. That's the whole transforming the mind. We're taking those things captive. My mind, I'm making it obedient to the mind of Christ. I'm, stay, I'm in the mind of Christ. It's stayed on you. My mind is stayed on you. And so he keeps those who do that in his perfect wholeness. This is how we protect our wholeness, people. Because they trust in you. We invest in people because we, they, we trust that they're going to come through for us. So are we investing in our wholeness? If we're not, I would challenge you to ask yourself, is this because you believe that God really isn't going to do anything with that? That you believe it really isn't possible? Why am I not investing in my wholeness? Why am I not doing 
taking the things captive? Why am I not protecting my wholeness? And as we protect our wholeness, wholeness actually covers us. So beautiful. When we take that step towards it, wholeness actually covers us. When we acknowledge it, it covers us. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, the New King James. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In the peace, the shalom, the wholeness of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard. The wholeness of God will guard. This verse can just sound so bipolar. It's like, so you're telling me that when I'm anxious, I need to allow peace to guard my heart? How am I going to find peace? I'm anxious. Where is the peace? You're the one who's supposed to just take the anxiety and give me peace, and I'm just supposed to sit here. And I don't have to do anything to protect my peace. I don't have to get rid of anything that may cause anxiety in my life. I don't have to make any changes. You're just supposed to take the anxiety. That's what you do. When really we have a role to play in this. How we stay not anxious is how we are allowing our, our thoughts to run rampant. We take captive the, anxiety, the thoughts of anxiety and make them obedient to hope. If you want to see your mind transformed, put more time into a healthy mind as you do into creating an unhealthy mind. I'll meditate all day on how I don't think this is going to work out in all the ways that it may go wrong. I'll meditate all day on the conversation that I'm going to have with somebody who deserves to get it. <laughs> or I'm preparing my response if they respond negative to me, already setting myself up to suspect people as being not for me. But what if we meditated on hope? What if we took the time to, when those thoughts came up, say, I'm going to just put that in the center of his love. I'm going to put that in the center of his hope. This thought is not whole. This didn't come from God. So why would I take the thoughts of the enemy, because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Thoughts that are not filled with hope do not come from God, so who do they come from? So why would I even, why would I even entertain a thought that comes from the father of lies? He's not for me. So we're, the way that we um, start to take control of the anxiety and, and, and the things in our life is by how we, uh, we take control of our thought lives. And when we do that, the wholeness of God will guard. That word guard in the Hebrew is like keep in a strong place, a stronghold, a castle. The wholeness will cover me and guard me like a, on all sides in my big old tower. 
And he'll guard your hearts, which is the seat of all affections and passions. So wholeness is going to cover your affections and your passions. It's going to reroute those affections and passions and in wholeness, into hope-filled things, into what we were called for. It's going to protect our hearts and our minds, the understanding, the conscience. So wholeness is going to cover those hearts, those emotions, those passions, those desires. Cover our understanding of, the, of who God is. Our, cover our understanding of our circumstances, of our life, of what we perceive. Wholeness is going to cover it. It's going to cover our conscious, what we think about. So as we protect wholeness, wholeness covers us. It's a beautiful co-laboring with Jesus. I'm going to wrap up with this. So we have established that Jesus, the man, shalom. When a lot of times when Jesus is when the, he's present with us, we feel the feelings of peace, that shalom. He's in a room. We, we see it here all the time. People, you know, saying, I just feel peace here. Or people who don't know anything about God or church. And, and there's just good vibes and I want to be around it. And it's that shalom. It's because his presence was, is with us. But it's not just a feeling. The feeling isn't what shalom is. It's not just a feeling to make us feel comfort for a moment or to make us feel whole for a moment. The shalom, when, when that presence comes and we feel the peace, we know that he's with us, that he's present with us. But shalom is an invitation to wholeness. The shalom of God as we feel his presence in the room is actually... Peace inviting you to give it access to your brokenness and allow the wholeness of the man Jesus to step in that brokenness's place and take it because he paid for that on the cross. That's what the cross was. He stood in our brokenness from the from Adam and Eve to the very end. And he stood in that brokenness and he took it on himself and he released who he was, the prince of wholeness, to make his bride whole and ready to restore us back into right standing with the Father. The veil was torn. We're no longer separated from him. We're face to face with him right now. There's no separation. The wholeness is already in us, but will we accept the invitation for him to get rid of the brokenness, to get rid of the barking dogs with no teeth? There's some things that we need to let go and protect our holiness in the season. He paid for the wholeness, but will we protect it? Will it be sacred to me? Regardless if I look like a religious nut or fool. Regardless if I have to say no to some things in this season. Am I going to do what it takes to protect my wholeness? For, like I talked about a little bit before, for a very large portion of my life, I practiced self control really well. And there were some things 
from my upbringing. There were some things from my biology. There were some things from my family line um, that had effect on me. That had effect on my heart and on my mind. And it, 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 it had an effect on how I saw the world or how I responded to the things, um, to the hell stuff. And even though there was, a, there, there was still a, a pull towards those things, I prided myself in having very good self-control and not opening those doors and not participating in those things. But the pull was there. And that was as far as my freedom from the cross went. It taught me self-control. But that's not what the cross paid for. And one day... One day I heard somebody talk about being really and truly free in every desire and every pole. Every desire and every pole was completely removed. You know, I want, I want people to under, I feel like there's people who can relate to this this morning. I feel like there's leaders and there's teachers and there's preachers who's been practicing self-control and preaching freedom from the pulpit, but have never really accessed the wholeness of God. Who's really believed that they've been free because they haven't been participating in, but the pole is still there. And that's not saying that you're going to go to hell for that. And that's not saying that you're wrong. But it's saying there's something in my belief system that says God didn't, didn't do enough on the cross to make me whole there. And I'm telling you, I, I, God used a relationship of a, of a friend to go and get prayer and open up about this. Because so much shame came because I felt all of a sudden... There's freedom from this, even the pull, even the draw. And I've been living less than, and I feel like such a fraud and so much shame came over me. And God said, you were never meant to live like this. There's more for you, baby. There's wholeness in your body, even your response to sin, even your response to the things that you see. Even the pull is going to be gone, honey, because I paid for your wholeness. I paid for it with the cross. And so I shared it with a friend, and, 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 and they prayed for me, and I felt the shift inside of me. <laughs> I felt the shift inside of me. <laughs> oh, and I became really, truly free. And, and it changed everything. And I could feel all of the pull gone and I know because there were times in that other season where I even felt like my body was betraying me because there was a response to this hell stuff and I just had to practice self-control but it was like my own body was against me but God said I paid for your body to be whole I paid for that the stripes on my back were for your body's wholeness I was marred beyond any man so you could have your true identity as a daughter I was nailed to the cross and pierced for your sin so you could triumph over sin. He turned his back on me for a moment so you'd never have to experience again the turning of the Father's back on your children. So I believe this morning that there's some poles, there's some tugs. There's some things that we've been practicing really good self-control on. And God says, you don't have to work anymore, honey. I didn't make you to work. 
I didn't make you to strive. I paid for every bit of it. I paid for every bit of it. And in this season, I'm going to give you your wholeness back. But I'm calling you to protect it. Sometimes we come down the altar and we get free, but we don't get really and truly free because we haven't changed our minds about how we'll protect that freedom. And he's been showing me in this season of refinement, I gave you your wholeness, protect it. Turn off every show. Walk away from every conversation. You, do, do not, do not entertain the things that the debt I've called you to release wholeness and to be whole do not entertain things that the enemy is using to keep people in bondage and to keep them from knowing that they were made to be whole and so I want to I want to I want to pray for you guys I want to give an invitation to for you to receive this to partner your faith with it to allow God to do something inside of your heart because he wants to see his bride whole this morning he wants to see his bride whole and powerful and strong and partnering with him and keeping wholeness sacred in the body again keeping wholeness sacred from the pulpit again keeping wholeness sacred from the men and the women of God again so would you all stand with me? Whew. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we just welcome Holy Spirit. We welcome your sweet conviction in the room. God, we welcome your invitation into more, up into what we were called into, God, up into what we were created to be, Jesus. We welcome your invitation. Would you move on every heart right now, Jesus? Would you woo every heart, God? Would you woo every heart, God, even the ones sitting on at home online, the people who are feeling the pull from Jesus into the more, the pull from Jesus to let some things go in this season, to lay it all down and surrender to you, God. We just wait on you, Holy Spirit. The first prayer that I want to pray is about partnering our faith with wholeness. Partnering our faith with the man, Shalom, the, the, the prince of wholeness that's already inside of us. If that's something that you feel like you, want, you, you need to do this morning, you need to do some something to, to uh, just show the Lord that you're going to allow your faith to partner with that truth and give him give that wholeness access to your life i just want you to put your hands out in front of you jesus i thank you right now 
for, for your presence being so real. I thank you right now for being the realest person in the room to each one. God, I thank you right now for the awareness of the fullness of Christ being inside of each one, just growing and growing and growing and growing. That the wholeness that you paid for will begin to grow and grow, that they would become aware of that in this moment, Jesus. Thank you, God. And I just want you to say when you're ready, God, I, I, I choose to believe that I already have all that I need to be really and truly free. It is partner my belief system with that truth in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. The next thing I want to pray, if you feel, if what I was talking about at the end here, about feeling those tugs and those pulls, about feeling those things and, and like doing all the right things and praying all the right prayers and like doing everything you need to get your wholeness and to, and to, and to live righteously, um, and living full of faith and all those things, but still feeling the poles toward them, still feeling like there's, those are going to be things I'm just going to have to live with. I'll just have to live with that forever and just practice self-control towards it. Those pains, those traumas, I, I, that I'll just I'll just tuck that away and I'll just have to live with it. But I'm I, I, I'm doing a good job practicing self-control against acting on any of it. If that's you this morning and you're ready to receive the wholeness of what he paid for, I want you just to kind of step forward to the front and I'm going to lay hands on you because I believe there's an impartation of wholeness and people are going to be really and truly free this morning. No more pulls, no more tugs, no more, no more, no more. He paid for that to be gone. He paid for that to be gone. He paid for that to be gone. I'm telling you, there's no shame in this because people across the country who are amazing, wonderful, spirit-filled people are doing a wonderful job living pure, but those feelings are still there and they just don't know that they can be free. There's no shame in this. Thank you, Jesus. Tony, you want to help me? <sighs> yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for the shalom. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.